Hello and welcome to the Feast and Be Filled podcast. My name is Joey Schwartz and this show is all about helping followers of Jesus feast on the word and be filled with the spirit. In this episode, we're kicking off a short series on facing the demonic with the power of Christ by sitting down with an experienced minister in deliverance, Percy Burns. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We are beginning a short series on facing the demonic with the power of Christ. And we're beginning with this episode, sitting down with a brother who has been ministering in this realm for some time now. I'm going to give you more information on Percy. But just to give you an overview of this series, we're going to sit down with Percy in this episode. Then we're going to move into uh, three more episodes on this topic, short teachings on identifying demonic activity, tracing the root of demonic activity, and then facing demonic activity with the authority of Christ. Now, I'm so delighted, glad to be sitting with Percy Burns because I felt like coming into a series like this, it would be, of course, foundational to go to the scriptures, see what the Lord teaches on this subject of deliverance. But having a minister who's been uh, really engaging with the demonic, seeing many brothers and sisters delivered and healed in the name of Jesus. That would be such a rich way to start off this series. And I have the joy and privilege of actually living in a city with Percy. We both live in Charlotte. And so I asked Percy to come on the episode to share that experience with us, to share that wisdom with us. Now, a little bit about Percy. He uh, it's served for um, how long now uh, at St. Giles, Percy? Well, there almost 22 years. 22 years at St. Giles Presbyterian, Uptown, Charlotte. He was a Presbyterian minister and then um, also now serves as a chaplain at Gordon-Conwell Seminary. He has served as the chair of the board of Derek Prince Ministries. Um, he and his wife, Sarah Jo, just recently celebrated 50 years of marriage. They have four children 14 grandchildren. Percy shared with me before we recorded that all are walking with the Lord, which is amazing. Praise God. Um, now, he also, even what's um, really encouraging about Percy, he's just continuing in lively, active ministry, ministering among men in Charlotte here. Uh, he serves as a chaplain also at the Charlotte Leadership Forum, uh, and he's written a book, Glorious Freedom, all about the, the topic that we're going to dive into in this episode. But why I'm especially excited to have Percy on to talk about this subject is because since transitioning um, from his pastorate at St. Giles Presbyterian, he has really been devoting himself to, and, and has even while he was serving there, but has been almost exclusively devoting himself to deliverance ministry, to seeing brothers and sisters, a family of God healed, delivered in Jesus' name from the demonic. And so he's bringing in just so many stories, experiences, wisdom from his decades of ministry in this area. So Percy, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Joy, I'm honored to be here, and I appreciate your work. I have listened to some of your podcasts, and you do a superb job. 
Uh, it's a privilege to get to speak to your audience and to share with them out of years of experience. Um, <clears throat> I would drop way back. Uh, I was raised by the World War II generation, and we had um, 13 relatives on my side of the family uh, in World War II. Twelve were in very dangerous situations. Two didn't come back, a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old. Uh, some, it was unbelievable what they did. One's job was to climb down over thousand pound bombs and dismantle mm. them. And, wow. and they were true heroes. Uh, my wife's, uh, had an uncle and I've seen it, uh, who was picked by General Patton himself to give my uncle, her uncle, be my uncle by marriage, the bronze star wow. in the Civil War. And so we have great respect for that group of people. Uh, so I was pondering when I was graduating from high school, what will I do? And I saw, I thought about, I'll go to the Air Force Academy and I'll be a pilot in the military. And so I had a congressional, uh, an appointment to the primary congressional appointment to the Air Force Academy. But the Lord clearly interrupted my world and redirected me and called me to ministry. And so I redirected. I went to a, an excellent uh, Presbyterian college for four years, took Bible as a major and Christian education as a, a minor, went for three years to seminary. Uh, it was Greek and Hebrew, graduate school, rigorous demands. Not once was this subject ever mentioned mm. in seven years of church school. Wow. And so uh, I was my first church, and along the way, I'm an incredible girl. We were married. We were serving a church, uh, an old historical Presbyterian church, on five minutes' drive from the French Quarter. And after about five years of serving in that church, some businessmen brought a very gifted person. He would later, over the years, write 80 books uh, his work is translated into more than a hundred languages. One of the true fathers of the church of the world, now up in heaven. And anyway, his name's Derek Prince. Anyway, he was a the King Scholar, the greatest uh, scholar in the British Isles twice. He was a Cambridge professor. And when World War II broke out, he went into the military and was wonderfully saved and was wonderfully filled with the Holy Spirit in the military. Mm. He shifted, leaving that post job as a Cambridge professor, and went into ministry. So he came to New Orleans, and on the second of three nights, he spoke on spiritual warfare. And I'm sitting there, and along with my precious wife, and he, no sensation, no, just very British, almost nobility, just matter of fact, <laughs> you know, turn here, turn there in scripture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yes. for an hour. Gave an invitation, third, the people got to went forward for ministry. And I'm sitting there, I'm so um, straight-laced Presbyterian that I won't let the organist play softly during the offertory unless it's smack of emotionalism. I'm sitting in the middle of a big deliverance service. <laughs> and so... And so finally, after watching it a long time, I turned to my precious wife and I said, well, I guess it's time to go. So he walked out to the car and then all of a sudden something started happening to me. 
And my wife, who is ordinarily the most gentle, gracious person you'll ever meet, she turned to me and she said, I don't know what's happening to you, but don't you let it happen in this car. You go back inside. Mm. So being the dutiful husband, I marched back inside. A lady, apparently part of the ministry team, came up behind me, and I'm sure cast demons out of me that night. Mm. And I, to this day, don't deny it happened. But my question then was, why did I need this ministry? I was had a somewhat rounded youth. I was my, you know, I was on the football team, and I was um, in school play, and I was uh, on the Beta Club, and so forth. I, we're all sinners. We all need the Savior, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have no righteousness of our own to get us into heaven, but. Um, you know, I was there were sensational sinners, and I wasn't one of those. You know, people do things that might get their name in the paper or something. I didn't get into much mischief. But I, I so why did I need deliverance, mm. which is a polite way of saying casting spirits out of someone. And, um, and in retrospect, as I pondered it, probably it was passed through family lines. Um heroes in the family, but also um, both grandfathers are alcoholic. My father's an alcoholic. My favorite uncle's an alcoholic. Um, my uh, grandmother and grandfather entertained U.S. senators and governors in their home, but she told the fortune at the breakfast table every morning, and mm. we'd be sitting there, and she'd be telling the fortune at the breakfast table and all of that. She was well-educated for that era. But all that being said, um, probably what I struggled with and needed help in, though I didn't know it at the time, was passed through family lines. And so uh, I'm jumping ahead now, but uh, I learned quickly that much of what we struggle with is not only just psychological, but much, much of what we struggle with is spiritual bondage or destructive things pass through family lines. And oftentimes this ministry is best done after you break. A spiritual bondage is passed through family lines. That's no disrespect to those who raised us. Most of them did the best they could. But uh, in every family there's destructive things. The scripture says that um, honor your father and mother, and I believe that with all my heart. But it also says destructive things can be passed from the third or fourth generation. So four generations, that's like great-great-grandparents, destructive things can be passed down from them to us. Anyway, that's sort of a glance at my world. Mm -hmm. I needed the ministry, though I was a pastor, and uh, I recognized the value of it, and I began soon after I received the ministry to minister in this area, and that was decades ago, like 48 years ago. <laughs> I, I'd love for you to dig in a little bit to that moment, that turning moment, because going from being at this conference, Derek Prince Conference, coming in skeptical at, uh, in some ways, maybe at, at just not super responsive to what is being yeah. put before you. You're about, you're about to leave on the way out. Mm -hmm. The Lord does this work that night 
And then not long after that, you're actually engaging in the same kind of ministry that in that moment at that conference, you didn't think that you needed. So from that turning point, what did God do in your heart? I mean, in, in many ways, you can go into whatever seems to come to mind in heart, whether it's your walk with Jesus, your perception of, of the world with Christ, the way that you approached ministry with people. What changed after that night for you? Great question, great question. The second, the third night, that was the second night. The first night, uh, he spoke on healing, and we saw some miraculous healings take place. I went away scratching my head that first night. Did I really see somebody get healed kind of thing? A bit cynical. The second night was deliverance and uh, spiritual bondage, and and things were cast out of me that had been passed down through family line or through my own sin, whatever. And the third night, he spoke of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And my belief system is that when a person meets Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God comes to dwell within him, within her. This, to me, is no question. And through your triumphs, through your defeats, through the mountaintop experiences, through the uh, the slog of the swamps of life, when you, whatever, the Holy Spirit is still there. But I believe, as do many, many Christians worldwide, that the Spirit of God can come in greater measure. Mm-hmm. And so on that next yes. night, the Spirit of God came in what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, whatever language you want to use. But between the freedom that some bondage had had in my life that was gone and uh, then the infilling in greater measure of the Holy Spirit, it was literally a life-changing experience. <laughs> I'm still a Presbyterian minister after all those years, but I became what I would call a spirit-filled Presbyterian minister and have been privileged to um, uh, speak all the things of the Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit. I believe they are all real today. And one of those gifts of the Spirit is uh, discernment of spirits or the capacity mm-hmm. to cast out spiritual bondage. And one thing I'd rush to say, this is a much more common need in the church than people realize. I was privileged to meet, I had met him before, but to be involved with uh, a, a president of one of our most renowned seminaries in the world. And he said, put on your seatbelts, dear listener, he said the greatest need in the church today is this ministry of deliverance, mm. this ministry of spiritual warfare. And, uh, and so we have a big, big, very, very important subject before us in this conversation. Yes. If you have a Presbyterian minister from New Orleans show up at a conference and like you said, without really any clear background of it's not like you were dabbling in explicitly demonic things no, or anything no. like that, just a, sure. pre- a Presbyterian minister showing yeah. up at a conference and yes. God had deliverance for you that yes. night. Can we yeah. imagine how many, and I, I was reading in, uh, even yesterday, reading in the, in the gospel of Mark and it's just amazing. It's, it's almost like where, where Jesus just walks many, sometimes it says, a man was delivered from an evil spirit where he cast mm-hmm. out. 
uh, evil spirits from this person and that person. Mm-hmm. But in the in the Gospel of Mark, especially, what you see is it's, it it says evil spirits just came out. Mm-hmm. It's almost a, as though you could just imagine Jesus walking down the street and then evil yeah. spirits just coming I out know. of people. Um, this it's, it's fascinating though that that the seminary president said it's the greatest need deliverance. I I'd love for you to share a story from your ministry because we're going to get into the uh, we're going to get into the necessity for believers to enter into this to discern for themselves where they may be encountering the demonic. And also to even more than that, proactively enter into the ministry of helping one another, the oh, church. Yes, yes. But I'd love for you to share a story from your ministry and and where you've seen Jesus's power move in casting out a demon. Because I think that many Christians, perhaps some of our listeners, would hold the view that those things happened. Yes, in the Gospel of Mark, in the Book of Acts. And today, perhaps, we see more explicit forms of the demonic on the mission field out in, in various countries. But in Charlotte, North Carolina, or in you know, New Orleans, or in, in these cities where you know, we're walking down the street and we're not seeing demoniacs, we're not going to see more explicit manifestations of the demonic. And I think hearing a little bit from from your testimonies of, of just how you've seen Jesus move and heal would be encouraging to hear. The amazing thing about it, and I stand uh, uh, amazed at, at the people who come to our house seeking this ministry. Uh, I really am awed by the accomplished people who come. And you would think maybe somebody slept under a bridge last night, and they're important. Uh, and I'm not putting one person over another mm-hmm. person, but we do, we are influenced by those accomplished people. And I'm just astounded at how many accomplished people come to our house and, and seek this ministry. Uh, when I was up until the time I retired from uh, ministry, after a number of years in ministry, uh, it was mostly at the church, this ministry, but mm-hmm. now it's mostly at our home. And uh, one, I just, one situation that's current, uh, a person who was uh, of the board of directors of one of our major universities, North Carolina, has some great universities, and, and again, this is... Secular University, one of the board of directors of one of our very impressive universities, got a hold of my book, Glorious Freedom, read the book in one day, which is amazing, <laughs> uh, and, and was so impressed that this person contacted me and said, will you minister to me? And this person drove four different times at a distance to our home, and my wife and I ministered to this person. Now, this is, again, this person had served faithfully as a, on the board of directors of one of our greatest universities, was so impressed with the ministry that this person has now read seven books, seven books on spiritual warfare and is a strong proponent of spiritual warfare. 
Mm. Now that is that is one of these accomplished people you just sort of sit sit in awe of that this person has served our state mm. in this way, and um, and now is an uh, an advocate of of this. Mm. Uh, it's interesting in the book. I've uh, some of the people who have who have uh, endorsed the book. One has a doctor's degree from Harvard. Uh, to a medical doctors, etc., 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 and so some of the people who have endorsed the book and it's right there in the second or third page, whatever, that they've seen this ministry, they believe in it, they've endorsed it, and uh, and I celebrate that mm. that we are uh, touching the uh, parts of society that reach a lot of. Uh, that influence a lot of people. There's an old missionary adage, win the chief, win the tribe. And uh, sometimes if you can influence the leaders, minister to the leaders of something, you minister to the people. Mm. And uh, I've been fortunate in the educational world, in the business world, in the uh, obviously the Christian world, the church world, to, to uh, minister to numerous people. Who have uh, have uh, really recognized this bondage and have sought it, and so many of them have come back and said, "It changed my life. It changed my husband. It whatever." And and I just stand amazed at the great reports. I'm still like a kid in a candy store after all these years that the reports that come back, and of course I rush, rush, rush to give Jesus all the praise. It's Him. But just we appropriate his accomplished authority to um, to uh, set people free. They can be very much under the Lord and still in bondage. Uh, I remember ministering to a CEO in Charlotte. I was very careful about reputations and all that, so I stay very vague. But a CEO, well-disciplined. This person got up early in the morning, had an hour devotional, then exercised an hour, and then went down to, to give leadership in a place in, in Charlotte and, uh, and still needed this ministry and, and received this ministry. So it's not only what we think of as really broken person, people, but it's, it can be uh, an effective person, but parts of the life be bound by a spirit or spirits that uh, are tormenting them. Mm. What do what is your process and and uh, maybe process isn't the best word the experience uh, that you go through when someone comes to you actually um, for for deliverance because of course you you long to help them yes. um, but coming in you don't know what kind of demonic act or maybe perhaps, yes. unless the Lord's given you foreknowledge of mm-hmm. that as they come in, you don't know yet what kind of demonic activity. And, and if there's, there's none and it's more a sign of repentance and of sin rather than explicitly something that's demonic. So as someone comes to you, especially, you know, someone driving from afar to, to see you, how do you uh, come to this place of, sensitivity and boldness in, in following the Lord when, when someone comes to see you for deliverance? Excellent question. Excellent question. There's several different ways 
to do this ministry. The scripture is implicit in in saying that the, the early church did this, and the scripture does teach us that God is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. And uh, the scripture says that the, the you know the the student should be like the the master, the teacher, mm-hmm. the, the professor. And if Jesus did it, then I think we should say we should do it. Um, great question. What there are different ways, uh, and I don't say my way is best or or anything like that. There's not a lot of description in scripture how to do it, but some people command the spirit to speak and uh, and identify itself i've been right there and i've seen that done and this person who has two masters two phds in the academic world called a double doctorate i've been side by side with him as he did this ministry uh other people it's more in a counseling setting it's mostly a poor person pouring their heart out and their heartbreak and all but then the person might say well could that be a spirit maybe that is a spirit of rage let's just stop and tell that spirit of rage to leave and then they go back to more of what we would think of as a counseling as they pour their heart out and so forth or a person could simply say where do you struggle greatly? And maybe that's the spirits driving some of that and, and cast spirits out. Um, what I like to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm sure I've matured in this yes. from the beginning times. I'm sure I've matured in this. But what I like to do is break anything generational. We, we referenced that earlier in our conversation. Much of probably uh, maybe a fourth of what I deal with is passed through family lines and just break that generationally, uh, how the person confess their sins, how the person forgive those who've wronged them in their heart. We don't spend time on that, but in their heart. Then I shift gears and just listen to the Holy Spirit, and I just command out the Spirit. Uh, oftentimes, and it's just not the name of the spirit, literally. It's what the spirit does. You spirit of anger, you spirit of lust, you spirit of perversion, you spirit of greed, you, you know. And I just, the Lord will show me, and I will command out that spirit, and I will come. And then at some point, I typically shift gears, and I say to the person, now you can differ with me, and you can tell me that I've, I've made a mistake on any of this. I give you that liberty. And I said, but what else, what did I miss? What else should I deal with? And almost always, I've even had like a 10-year-old child entering this and say, I do such and such. And you know, you command that spirit out that makes that 10-year-old child do such and such. But people uh, almost, almost inevitably, almost inevitably, person becomes a participant in it. And I can think of maybe one situation, maybe two situations where the person was not a participant, but when they see the reality of what Jesus is doing for them, mm. uh, they, they do it. The one interesting thing, I think, is God's grace and mercy. In scriptures, we see a lot of sensational response. And I've seen the re- sensational response I had a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, a psychiatrist, bring a person to me, about 35-year-old guy, athletic kind of guy. 
and and I started casting. I came, and we had new chairs in the office, and I was so proud of those new chairs, solid wooden armrests, and, and he supernaturally broke off both armrests on that chair and was screaming, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. And I was just praying he wouldn't and couldn't, and he didn't. I'm still here. <laughs> but uh, I've seen a, some sensational things, but most of the time it's very calm, very laid mm-hmm. back, nothing sensational, no screaming, no you know, anything like that, and yet come back and say, it changed my life. But I, I listen to the Holy Spirit, and it's, just, and it's not, you know, I've spoken to seminary classes 11 times on this, and I've, I've spoken to seminary chapel maybe a dozen times in all of this, and, and so forth and so on. It's, it's, people have said, I would just like to get inside you, Percy Burns, and see what happens. You know, and I say, and they say, what happens in you? And I say, not much. <laughs> just just a, an impression from the Holy Spirit, yes. gentle, not yeah. thunder and lightning. I believe in all that, but no thunder and lightning. No. Mm-hmm. And it just, matter of fact, your spirit uh, uh, of adultery, I bind you, I drive you out, I command you to leave. Sometimes the Lord has shown me they've got three or four spirits of something. I say, you three or four spirits of such and such, I drive you out in the name of Jesus. And I don't scream, I don't yell, I don't run around in circles or anything like that. Just gently command the spirits out, mm. and they leave. I want to rush to say this, and I try to be certainly encouraging people in this area because I think it is so needed, but I want to also be honest and not, over over dramatize or emphasize or, or stretch the truth, uh, things like that. But as far as I know, and I don't, there's no way in the world I could follow all the people who come to our house. We've had people fly from California over here and drive from six and a half hours as a professional Christian counselor. We drove six and a half hours, received ministry, and drove six and a half hours back in one day with a pretty hardy person. Uh, all kinds of things like that. PhD drive down from Maryland and drive down with his children for ministry. I've had all that to happen, so I can't follow all those people. But as far as I know, in 48 years, I've only had one person that I ministered to commit suicide. And to me, in this world we live in, that's one of the things that scares parents to no end. Uh, it's a great problem on college university campuses students killing themselves and 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 you just this is one of the great answers to that um i believe in mental illness i believe in hospitalization i believe in medication i believe in all those things but i also believe the lord jesus christ Mm -hmm. who died on that cross and rose again as son of god and savior uh can uh just like he did on earth. It was one of his three primary ministries when he was on earth. But he's passed that anointing on to us, and we, like him, can command, giving him the glory and praise, spirit to leave a person, turn a person loose, and that can happen. And there's so much compassion behind the ministry you're talking about, Percy, The that's fueling it. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what you're talking about is coming to brothers and sisters, and I run into many um, who, who are afflicted in this way. Mm-hmm. 
who have thoughts in their minds mm-hmm. telling them to harm themselves. Oh, yes, yes. And it and and there's so so much good news in the ministry that Jesus has handed to his church is that he's given us power and authority yes. to deliver uh, one another from that. Mm-hmm. And I I think that there is something in that that I want to dive into in that okay. I think that there's a lot of narrative right now in people's mind. And I really, I do think it it's originated from the enemy of a connection between the demonic and shame. As in, if there is some unclean spirit within me, if there is a demon harassing me, that's that in itself is shameful. I don't want to even expose myself to the possibility that I could have demons mm-hmm. entering my mind and thinking. And so um, people who would almost not even want to open a book like glorious freedom mm-hmm. or come to, to your house to, to seek such a ministry, mm-hmm. because the thought that they're really the thought that, you know, they could show up at a conference like you did mm-hmm. and then find that they actually needed deliverance mm-hmm. is actually something that they feel shameful about. Mm-hmm. So would you speak to that? What, because what you're talking about is a ministry of compassion, a ministry of of mercy and healing. Yes. But I think a lot of people would see this as as frightening, shameful, something that they would not even want to enter into if they have the possibility. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, great, great insights on your part. Um, one thing that helps is that I make them understand that I've been through the this too. Yes. And that in itself, I one of the folksy things that I say is the ground is level at the cross. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced this. My wife has experienced this. And uh, so we're not, in essence, we're not inviting you into um, a, a situation. We're not, we're not looking down on you in any way. We, we have been there. Um, one story pops in my mind, a, a major mission organization, and again, I stay general, but uh, a major mission organization had second career people uh, who were looking at being missionaries, having already served a, a career or, por- or parts of a career, where now they're thinking about giving themselves to missions. And so from out of town, people I'd never seen before, uh, a Christian longtime missionary asked me, she was in official capacity, to minister to this couple. I said, sure. And so the couple came to the house, total strangers. The wife had the hardest countenance I have seen on a secular or Christian or mm. any other religion as a hardest count countenance I had seen in years. I mean, it was like, it's just unbelievable. But I just gently pressed on. I sort of told my story and invited. Finally, I said, would you like for me to minister to you, to the couple? And she said, I don't know if I believe a word of this. And then she went on to say, but if this doesn't work, I am hopeless. Mm. 
And so I just moved on into ministry. Hmm. And then I, they came back a second time, and I moved into ministry again in the same area of deliverance. They came back the third time. I ministered again. By the third time, the lady was supernaturally glowing. Oh, praise God. It was so much so, if she was reminded me of Moses coming off the Mount, Mount Sinai <laughs> with the glow. I mean, just glow. <laughs> and, and I invited her. I said, why don't you just go in our, our restroom in there and just look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> it was just amazing wow. transformation mm. that happened in her life between the hardest countenance, I mean hard, uh, hopeless countenance, and is that does that say that hey I'm a great guy? No, I'm a guy that serves a great Savior. It is Jesus who gets the glory. I just, <laughs> you know, I just am His spokesman in settings like this. But I've seen endless, maybe not always that dramatic, but I've seen numerous, 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 and would hear reports. I don't go following people. But just report after report comes back. It changed this person. It, this person said, you know, this person tells somebody else, you need to go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, I, I, I still, after all these years, stand and wonder about how the Lord works so powerfully. Yeah. I, I think the lie in, in the demonic, and it, I think it comes with the territory. When the enemy comes and harasses a believer, of course, the lie that he would accompany with that attack is it's shameful to even seek deliverance from that. Just like the woman you described yes. hesitant to even yes. be ministered to. But what you're drawing out, Percy, which is so helpful is that demonic activity, demonic attack, demonic harassment. It's not a reason to be ashamed. It's no. a reason to need a savior. Absolutely. And all of us need a savior. The Absolutely. ground is level at the cross. Amen. And Jesus even did not Jesus say, it's not the well who need a physician. It's the sick. Yes. And that is something that all of us who yes. the most uh, externally polished yes. Christian yes. to the one who's coming from the most uh, mentally harassed thoughts all of us, if we are to come to Jesus, we have to, as a, as a, as a almost foundational uh, affirmation of coming to Him, we have to say, "I'm sick. Yes, I need a physician." Absolutely. And that sickness is going to manifest in many ways. But to admit that you're sick is is actually a precursor for coming to the Savior, and it, it's a reason to actually um, to to come to Him freely with yes. joy and just accept. Yeah, you're a physician who can heal. Yes, I've, I've observed something. In you, Percy, just by the way that you uh, minister, I know, I know it's impossible to describe, like you said, everything that's going on in you. That is something that a uh, little bit of a rabbit trail here, but hopefully it's a helpful sure, one. Sure, no, I, I think something to highlight from what Percy is saying to encourage people listening is he talked about practicing and how God has matured him in this discernment. Because you look at the scriptures. And you see that Paul, he talks about this gift of the discernment of spirits. And John in 1 John 4 says that we ought to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Now, what they don't say in the scriptures is how you do that. 
And one of the, I, I real, I'm convinced the reasons why that gift in First Corinthians 12 doesn't come with an instruction manual in First Corinthians 12 and in First John 4 is because what the Holy Spirit wants you to do is to depend on Him, to believe. Yes, there is a gift of discernment of spirits, but as you follow Him in obedience to and faith in his word, he holds your hand Yes, and he, he gives yes. you the next step. He shows you what, yes. what just the, the very next step to take. And so what we have in front of us is a, a brother, a minister who's just been holding the spirit's hand for decades now. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and, and so, you know, even just to reiterate from Percy's story, Percy did not come out of a background that taught him oh, no. how to enter into these things. Oh no! So everything that he's speaking about, these are things that Percy, uh, for 48 years ago, he just, he, by the spirit's work, he started holding the spirit's hand Yes. and then step by step, the spirit showed him how to minister. Absolutely. Now, one thing I have observed in your ministering Percy yes. is how you you're very quick to enter into prayer mm -hmm. when speaking to someone almost to, to bring God's perspective into the room. Yes, and a lot yes. of your, I think, cause some of the things that um, you might find just natural or supernaturally natural at mm -hmm. this point, because you've been ministering for so long, yeah. some people might not, well, I go to someone, do I just talk about it and that, mm -hmm. but I've seen you really have an orientation toward almost bringing in a three-way conversation of sorts. Yes. Would you talk yeah, to the, about yes. that, about prayer in the ministry of deliverance? Yes, yes, yes. I'll attempt to do that. Uh, I pray before we start. Uh, I try to carefully give the Lord the glory. I want them to know this is the Lord Jesus. You know, the Percy Burns's of life come and go. Uh, the Glorious Freedom books are, are, are wonderful. There are numerous ones out there. Uh, but, you know, they books get, you know, set on your, uh, on your nightstand or in your bookshelf or something and sit there. But, but the Lord will always be there every yes. day, every day, every day. And I try not to build, some people like to build a, group of people around themselves. I try not to do that. I've always tried not to do that. I've tried to build the people around the Lord Jesus Christ because, you know, perseverance might fail them, but the Lord Jesus Christ will never fail them. And, um, and so that is part of it. With me and other people do ministry in different ways, but the prophetic is a part oftentimes uh, the Lord will, uh, I will, will be dealing, and my primary thing is to cast spiritual bondages out. And it's personalities. These are real personalities yes. and that have invaded us, and they try to take over our personality, either hurt us or hurt others through us, or both. And so in, in dealing with these personalities, um, I also am privileged to to have impressions from the Lord about how God wants to use this per the, the the person the person receiving deliverance uh, or person sometimes it's a couple or sometimes it's a whole family or or it can be a group of a thousand people it, it, however but that the Holy Spirit wants to uh, uh, speak and so part of it is praying to the Lord. 
Part of it is commanding out. Yes. Part of it is speaking prophetically. Uh, a, a story I have told before, I was ministering to a, uh, a pastor's wife in Charlotte. Again, I stay very vague, uh, but uh, a, a church of some significance. In, uh, and, and the Lord was showing me that he wanted her to write. And I brought this up right in the middle of deliverance. I said, you know, uh, about uh, writing. And she said, I hate writing. She said, uh, you know, anyway, I think maybe I brought it up again. She said, I avoided every class in school mm-hmm. I could. She had to write. I just would not write. And I, so I, I tried to impress her that God wanted her to write gently. I'm very, very gentle. And, and really the Holy Spirit has to do the work. But I tried. Ten years later, I guess it was 11 years later, I ran into her here in Charlotte at a Christian gathering, and she said, she reminded me of that. She said, my book came out, it's in Barnes & Noble, it came out last week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so she had never forgotten what God, I was just the, the... the spokesman, but what God said about writing and her book is written and published by uh, <laughs> and available. Boy, I've heard lots and lots and lots of stories by that. <laughs> Another girl uh, I can remember ministering to her. I said, one of your gifts of the Holy Spirit is gift of administration. And she told me several years later, she said, I didn't want that gift. Gift of administration? I didn't want that gift. She went on to be the number two person in her church. She was an administrator of the church and and a major player in the life of a really fine church in the city of Charlotte. (laughs) And and it all started in our sunroom when the Lord showed me she has gifts of administration. So, you know, I really enjoy these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stories. Yeah, you see, I get to in, live. yeah, you see, in, uh, oh, yeah. in the gospel accounts, Mary Magdalene, right? Oh, yes, coming to the Lord, and oh, she yes. and the Lord casts out demons out of her, yes. And with that, also comes a new story for her, a new right? story. And if who knows what the Lord has for those who are willing to humble themselves and say, if there is any darkness afflicting yes. me, keeping me back yes, from the good that's works. That's it. That's it. That's the it. good works that God's prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Why wouldn't I want to be freed of that? And if there's some aspect of, of pride, I think about the rich young ruler, right? Who who wouldn't empty what was in his hands to receive what Jesus wanted to put in his hands. And if there's pride holding us back from coming to the Lord and saying, God, I come totally empty-handed. If there's anything holding me back from the good works of the kingdom that you have for me, take it out and bring in me the purpose that you have in for me. Like, what what good works might God have for those who seek deliverance in His name? You, One story you might enjoy, um, yeah. your listeners might enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a person from uh, Atlanta uh, heard about the ministry. This person had finished from one of our respected in, uh, universities in Georgia, gotten deep, deep, deep in meth, was selling meth and taking it, and, 
and and it has reached the point that even drug addicts thought this person was crazy. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so so deep in there. And he three times had gone to rehab. I really believe in rehab, but three times he had gone to rehab, and three times he busted out of rehab before before he stayed as long as he was allowed to stay. Uh, I mean, it was it was in pretty desperate place. So he came up to Charlotte to receive ministry, and um, there's a person who later became a. Um, Christian counselor, professional Christian counselor, and uh, and I would say a renowned counselor, and I uh, were, were ministering to him. And uh, he, we, we commanded the spirits of bondage and whatever the Lord was showing us out and so forth. And he walked away. He said, I don't know if I believe in any of this. And all night long, demons came out of him. He, uh, He's been in ministry. He's in ministry now, wow. <laughs> and and his goal is to have a a place for people who are, are, are addicted to drugs to come to get a place for them to live and be set free and and so forth. Uh, and so uh, he he is just uh, he's just a totally different person. Married, wow, married. Uh, responsible, free of drugs. Uh, only the Lord could do something like that. Only the Lord could make something like that happen. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, something in, in Percy's uh, storytelling on, on these, and even him talking about the, the prophetic ministry that I want to emphasize for those listening. Yes. I think coming into it, any certain situation, let's say you're listening to this and you think, I have a friend who it just seems like there's something... Um, in them, there's something harassing them, and I want to enter into this ministry of deliverance. Now, if deliverance ministry is primarily a horizontal conversation between you and the person who may have demonic influence, demonic activity, harassment, then that's that ought to be really intimidating. That should frighten you. <laughs> if you're going in in your own power and it's merely horizontal, right? But what Percy is describing in, in listening to the Holy Spirit is that you're not going alone. Amen. That you, there is a vertical conversation yes. happening between you and the Holy Spirit yes. as you're going, in, and it's actually in his authority that you're going. So the, the beautiful thing about this and the beautiful thing about the discernment of spirits, prophetic knowledge, and the authority of Jesus is that you don't have to figure out whether or not they're being harassed by yes the enemy, a a demon, you can let the spirit reveal that. And he's so trustworthy too. I think we, we often can have this picture of the Holy spirit as if he's silent, he's going to just be sitting back and we have to get him to be active. Come on, Holy spirit. Would you show me whether, and, and what, what Percy is getting at is he's so zealous for this ministry. He is the Holy spirit is as zealous is the spirit of Christ. Amen. He holds the zeal that Jesus yes. had on earth for deliverance ministry. So if you'll just take a step yes. and watch, he he will guide you in this. He will hold your hand. Yes. You spoke about the gentleness yes. that you approach this with. And I think this is this is really key, especially for you have a chapter in your book uh purely on ministering deliverance to children. Yes. 
some people can't even conceptualize of that. And the, and the reason they can't conceptualize of, uh, bringing like a child to your house or to someone, uh, to, to someone who is ministering deliverance because their image of what deliverance might mm-hmm. look like, mm-hmm. it, it almost as if that would be emotionally traumatic for a child mm-hmm. to experience. But, I mean, I wish you guys could see Percy sitting across the room, a gentleman, a, a gentleman. And this is how he, this is how he ministers to, I would, I'd love to hear. And this, this is, uh, I'm not sure if, uh, I'm sure listeners will be curious about it, but I could, this is just for me. I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious okay, on this great, one. Great, great. Um, I'm, I'm curious for you, how you and, and maybe what the Lord's taught you in this or anything you can share on this on experiencing such intense emotions, senses, impressions from the spirit, intense clothing of power, but almost being able to deliver that with calmness. And maybe yes. you could tell me, other, maybe there are moments where you, you do but with uh, behind the spirit's lead, lean in with some intensity uh, and you could speak to that, but I'm, I'm curious how, you know, it, cause I imagine that's Jesus was so gentle and yet so authoritative. Oh, so yes. could you, could you speak to that? Just the, the clothing of really intense authority and intense senses from the spirit, but then delivering that with such gentleness. Yeah. Speak so I'll, to that. I'll attempt that. I'm yeah. not sure I can perfectly do sure. it. I'll attempt it. One thing is, is from experience and from the grace of the Holy spirit I know when I sit with somebody to minister in this area of deliverance, I know God is going to do something. Mm. Now, and I don't bring that in any other area of ministry, though, like if I pray for the sick, you know, some people, and I pray earnestly, and some people have gotten well and, and so forth, but I don't come to any other area of ministry with that, same certainty that the God is going to really do something. So that helps right there. Um, I've been able to minister again. It's recently Sunday. Somebody stopped me in church, a, a grandfather uh, who has a responsible job uh, in the business world said, would you, would you minister to our three-year-old grandchild? And I said, yes. Um, and so, but I know that Jesus is, does it. That helps a bunch. I know I don't have to, I, I want to do my best, but it, it is in his hands. Yes. And, uh, and I know that the way I can relate best to the 21st century person, be it a PhD or be it uh, a three-year-old, is to be just, just, gentle and, and loving and caring and and honest and real and and so forth and i've got oh i've got so many wonderful friends who were 10 years old five years old <laughs> you know teenagers we you know uh, yeah it, it that sort of animosity or that sort of fear or that sort of whatever that you might think somebody would have being around somebody like me it's not there. It's not there. Mm. It's it's not there. Uh, I'm confident Christ will do it. I'm confident that his impressions are accurate. Um, I'm confident I don't have to make it happen. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, he does it. Um, I give him the, the praise and glory for it. Uh, all that I know, I'm not fully answering your, your, your no, question. No, yes, you are. But, but it's the way that I live it, the way I do it. Uh, and it's not, it's pretty, it's pretty ordinary, you know, it's pretty routine in the sense that I've done it so many times. But each person is important, and each person has my attention, and each person has my respect. And uh, if it's, again, a three-year-old, or if it's, uh, you know, a person that has thousands of employees in his or her company, I, I, they have my respect, but they, I believe Jesus can do it. Yes. Again, I'm not perfectly answering that. No, you you really are though, <laughs> and and why you're answering it is because you're emphasizing that to enter into the ministry of deliverance in Jesus' name is nothing more and nothing less than ministering as Jesus ministered. Exactly, and Jesus was meek and gentle and lowly and bold yeah. and authoritative and powerful, and it All was both. And I, I, I think there could be people who say, I, I would love to, like, what a blessing to be able to be a brother or a sister that someone who's being harassed by a demon, yes. being demonized, could go to and say, could, could you please pray yes. for me and cast out whatever is harassing me? What a blessing that would be. But the thought of entering into that, there's there could be the notion that I'd have to become someone else besides who Jesus is making me to be. I'd have to enter into this intensity or this kind of... Yes. And, and no, if you're following Jesus to enter the ministry of deliverance is simply just to keep following him into that work well and put. to, to, to manifest his character, the authoritative and gentle Jesus. And, well put. and, and that's, that's what we're doing when, when we practice deliverance ministry is we're just showing by his power in his name, by his spirit, we're showing who Jesus is to the world. Do yes. you think about in, in the book of Acts where yes. Peter says, I think it was Aeneas, and he says, Aeneas, Jesus heals you. Jesus heals you. Manifesting the per not just the power of Jesus, because we, that, that could be almost obvious, but also remember you're manifesting the person of Jesus, exactly. his character, his love, his authority. When it comes to turning, now we've talked about prayer in yes. deliverance ministry, meaning a vertical orientation. I'm, yes. I'm listening. I'm coming into a situation where I might encounter someone who's uh, being demonized or asked by a demon in some way, and I'm talking to God. I'm, I'm looking upward. I'm in prayer. God, would you, would you, whether you're speaking this externally or internally, God, would you lead me? Would you show me? But then what you've also spoken to is a moment where you actually turn from speaking vertically to speaking horizontally to the demon to, um, to command in Jesus name, uh, the demon to go out. Could you speak to listeners for, for them? Maybe this is brand new. Yes. They've never, uh, speak to someone who they've never even considered in a time of prayer for someone to not stop speaking vertically and then by the vertical power of God to speak horizontally. That's not never even coming to their mind. Would you guide them in that? What, is it, what does that look yes. like to begin speaking horizontally to the demonic? 
Yes, uh, some people, some people, uh, you know, like you said, I'm a, I have a, a friend, and uh, and he brings friends over occasionally. As past brought friends over occasionally for ministry, he can't quite get to saying, "Leave the demon, leave." He can pray, he can, he can, but you know, he he is a, a capable guy and whatever, but. You've got finally to tell that spirit to leave. Now, I believe in, and so so many times, precious people pray and pray and pray and pray, but don't get around to saying, "In Jesus' name, leave." That mm-hmm. you've got to bring yourself to that, and I know that's a transition, that is a challenge, but it for the most part, has to happen. Now, God is a God of miracles, and God can do anything he wants to. But most time, these spirits leave, at least from my experience, most times they leave when you take the authority of Christ and command in Christ's authority. I emphasize mm. uh, sometimes that they're defeated foes, that Christ, by his perfect life, his awesome crucifixion, his glorious resurrection, triumphant ascension, that he has defeated all the forces of darkness. Thank you. You're a defeated foe, and and I appropriate his authority, and I command you in Jesus' name to leave. In Jesus' name, you must leave. And oftentimes I will name the Spirit, and, uh, and sometimes there's more than one of that kind of Spirit there, like Mary Magdalene, in Luke 8, it says, uh, from whom Jesus cast seven spirits. So we know Mary Magdalene had seven. And people uh, probably unfairly, you know, uh, mark her as an immoral woman or something like that. There's not That's not in Scripture. She's just a person that had seven demons. And that didn't, didn't make her immoral or didn't make mm. her whatever. And, and Jesus just speaks and commands those seven days. So oftentimes, the Lord will just, at least me, will show, you know, four demons of such and such. I just bind you and command you out. And, and, uh, and I'll say things like, I want to engage the person. I'll say things like, now you put your faith with my faith, and you put your trust with my trust, and you put your strength with my strength, mm. and let's together believe that this spirit of whatever, you know, the spirit of... Uh, of uh, fear, which is one of the most common spirits that anybody deals with. You spirit of fear is bound, and, and you know, and they're engaging with me, hopefully. But uh, and I want them to be able to have future strength for themselves, or ideally also for, for other people. I want them to. I, I try to give this ministry away. I want yes. anybody I minister to to be able to do this. Mm. We don't have nearly enough people who do this. And um, but anyway, uh, maybe I should touch on this at this point mm-hmm. too. There's what's called self deliverance. Self deliverance. Then the best best way is to find somebody who knows what he or she or they are doing. And the best, best way is to do, get help like that if you need help. But sometimes there's nobody available around, or at least that you know of. So if if nothing else, you could just 
maybe set aside some time, prayer, get off by yourself, and then you just yourself begin to command the spirit of fear. You spirit of fear, I command you to leave. I break anything generationally where you've been passed down in my family lines. Um, my mother was fearful, and she was, uh, you know, greatly fearful, and, and I just break you generationally, and I command out of me spirits of fear. You've got to leave. I plead the blood of Christ over me, and I command you spirits of fear to leave. Command, And that's called self-deliverance. And again, the ideal thing, if you can find somebody it's experienced and you know and is capable and all go to them if you can't find anybody then you can do self-deliverance or maybe you'll get with a trusted friend or two and uh, say sally uh you know i'm struggling with this thing i think it's a spirit would you just agree with me sally may not know a thing we're all about but she loves jesus and and she could be with you, and, and you're just saying, uh, just agree with me, Sally, that this, um, this spirit of, it's trying to make me hurt myself, the spirit that keeps putting these thoughts in my mind that you oh, want me to hurt myself seriously. And let's just agree, Sally, agree with me. We're going to command the spirit to leave you, spirit, in the name mm. of Jesus. I drive you out. Uh, the Lord has given me life, and only the Lord can take away this life. And uh, we just, together with Sally, and just the two of us at the mouth of two witnesses, we command you, Spirit, of uh, uh, that would want to take my life. We command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Um, one more thing, and... Uh, it's almost a different subject, but it all fits together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes spirits occupy places as well as people. Mm. So if you move into a house uh, or an apartment or a condo or something and you're not the first owner, I would recommend that you, not knowing much about it maybe, but you get a friend and sort of thinks like you think and walk through that and, and come against any kind of spirit that might be left over from the former owner. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you come against that and command that out. I shared with you uh, when we last met, and uh, I think I've shared on this podcast too, didn't even, I didn't, I don't think that was in my terrain of uh possibility that there could be a place yes. associated with the demonic yes. but in our last apartment that we were in that's part of our story of even coming into the power of the holy spirit was um, how the, the previous place we it needed uh, a cleaning of sorts from yeah, from spiritual house cleaning. yes and yes. and it was amazing actually talking to you about how you go about that yes and how me with no uh, mentorship, which that, like you said, that would have been uh, wonderful to have have mm -hmm. uh, had someone teach me. That's first of all, that's a thing, um, and and then how to go about ministering it. But without any mentorship, how the Holy Spirit that night when He led me into somewhat of a house cleaning Amazing. of my apartment, He just held my hand and gave me the steps, and it it almost looked step by step what you talk about 
uh, you do in mm-hmm. any given building. Amazing. It's just amazing. I, I want to encourage, I share that story because I want to give believers the, the encouragement that the Holy Spirit really will hold your hand. Yes. Another thing to encourage you in, perhaps the thought of a, a demon dwelling in a specific geographical location or environment or uh, uh, commanding four demons, uh, spirits of fear. If you're coming out of a background mm-hmm. where deliverance ministry is not spoken of, and again, Percy, in your story, you mentioned how you were in uh, seminary school for years and it wasn't even mentioned. Never mentioned. Well, that if you're listening to this, that could sound foreign. Um, that could sound strange. Yes. And what I want to encourage you, you listen to think about is not to jump to the step of that sounds foreign or strange to that is unbiblical. And what I want you to instead of think about is whether actually your thoughts of the spiritual realm are not in line with the scriptures. Because yes. when you look at what Percy shared about how, why did the scripture share specifically, not just that, Mary Magdalene was healed, not just that she had deliverance, but that she had seven mm-hmm. demons cast out of her. The specificity of the scriptures actually to know that there were multiple, actually a specific number of demons. Mm-hmm. Also in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is writing to a church, he says, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne yes. is, speaking specifically to a group of people. And he's saying, where you are residing, your obedience is actually all the more commendable because that place is specifically a place where Satan has great authority and great power. So I encourage you in those, in those two things where you could think, ah, this sounds foreign, therefore this sounds unbiblical. And actually to question that jump and to think whether it might sound foreign, but that fo- the way that it's sounding foreign is actually leading you to a closer a closer alignment with your thoughts and God's thoughts and how he sees the spiritual Amen. realm. Amen. You, you spoke about uh, there's not nearly enough people to do this ministry. And, and I agree with you. I, I, your encouragement on self-deliverance, someone listening to this episode and they, they don't have anyone to go to. So they're, they need to. They can pray and praise God that Jesus is so gracious man, that man. He'll He can He can deliver yes. just you, brother, just you, sister. Mm-hmm. Get on your knees now and asking for deliverance. Yes. And yet you also emphasize, and I, I affirm, Amen. This it's not the ideal, and it's not the ideal because Jesus wants to show His love and His power through the body yes. of Christ, yes. working together to build up the body yes. through the ministry of deliverance. What a powerful picture! When yes, it's a powerful picture when you're alone and praying and Jesus delivers you. But there's something about a brother, a sister, standing before you as you are oppressed and showing you, manifesting the love, the power, the knowledge of Jesus in that moment and giving you healing. So I want to speak to, you mentioned uh, mothers, fathers who yes. might have a child who is suffering from demonic affliction. Yes. Maybe someone who is hearing this and they think, I, I want to step into this. I want to begin practicing it, but I don't even know how to begin. Would you encur- just encourage them on, and how might they till the soil to prepare their hearts for a ministry like this, because I have to go back to the beginning of this episode where you spoke about coming into the fullness of the Holy spirit yes, yes, in yes. that Derek Prince conference. Yes. And so 
there is going to, in order to step into this ministry, there is a, a great need for a filling of the spirit. Yes. And, and so for those who feel like, uh, I'm, I'm taking a lot of, of trails to get to this question, but for someone who's thinking, I, I hear everything that you're saying, Percy, but when it comes to me sitting in front of my son, who's afflicted, when it comes to me walking down the street and seeing somebody who's demonically possessed and then going to them and saying and commanding them in the name of Jesus to come out of them, I just feel in myself powerless mm-hmm. to go about a ministry like that. Would you encourage them into how to begin stepping into the power that is theirs in Christ? Yes. Let's think, first of all, a parent. And um, again, there are different ways that something like this could invade a child. Family line would probably be the most common. Sometimes the spirit of darkness jumps a generation. It could be in grandmama, but not mama, but you know, in the child or something. Uh, we don't perfectly understand all of this, but it can come in family lines. Uh, it can come sort of like germs invade us. Uh, it could come from neighborhoods or the house we take a child to or, or whatever. It's almost an unanswerable question. How could some something as dull and as precious as this child uh, have spiritual bondage? But endless parents have just have, have sought this ministry and... What I say is, be gentle, 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 and I am gentle, gentle, gentle. We, we just talk to maybe a five or a seven-year-old. This, this old bad spirit tries to make you unhappy and, and keep you from doing what mom and daddy say. And we just want to tell this old spirit to leave. And Jesus took the children in his arms, and he loved the children. Mm-hmm. He blessed the children, and Jesus loves you. And the Scripture says... Um, uh, where two or three have gathered together in his name, he's there. And I count, well, how many? Okay, well, there's one, there's four of us here. Okay, there's four of us here. And so we qualify for, and you know, when Jesus is here, and we're just going to tell the Spirit to leave. And we're just going to tell that old Spirit that won't let you sleep at night. We just bind you and just drive you away and say, in Jesus' name, Jesus loves little Johnny here. And you're just going to leave, and and we're going to command you away, and and maybe there's a, a spirit of fear too there. And Johnny, we just command the spirit of fear to leave. We bind you. We say, Jesus, make Johnny brave, and Johnny's mom and dad love mm-hmm. him so much, and we love him, and we tell the old spirit. So I'm very very gentle. What I've learned over the years for a younger child. If the parents, the parents need to also reinforce that, and uh, if uh, you know, and to to continue to support, come against whatever spirit might be driving little Johnny, and uh, you know, anger. I mean, some of them almost incorrigible, mm. and and uh, just I heard just recently somebody was. T- you know, friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing said, this this child was just virtually uncontrollable, and and 
and I, I Percy Burns was privileged to minister to the child, and, and somebody said, he's a totally different child. It's the Lord that does it. I rush to say it's the Lord that does it. It's my, not my cleverness or anything like that, but that the Lord can make a real difference in children's lives. But for that to be fully effective, the parent needs to carry it on. And if, if John, little Johnny starts getting fearful again, the parent tell the old spirit of fear to leave Johnny, that uh, Jesus loves him, and Jesus is right here in this room with him. He's going to take care of him, and so forth. And um, so that is a way of... I minister to children, but I bring the parent into, and sometimes, like I said earlier in the conversation, sometimes children will actually participate into the saying, and I say, what else troubles you, little Johnny? And Johnny will say, he's right, I just, uh, I just get so mad, I just can't, I don't like my neighbor children, I just get so mad, I don't like them, I say bad things to them. I said, well, Johnny, maybe it's an old spirit causing you to do that. Let's tell that spirit to leave. And Mm -hmm. so we tell that spirit to leave Johnny. It makes him not like the neighbors. Mm -hmm. If there's a a desperation to enter into this ministry, I think just practicing um, and beginning to step in uh, and, and just taking all the wisdom and insight that Percy is sharing and just begin to step into it. But it begins with believing that the Lord is able to perform this ministry. Not only that, but that he's able to perform this ministry in you through the power of the Holy Spirit Believe and beginning to, to step in. And another thing as an encouragement to you is if you want to begin, um, if you, you want to see deliverance for a friend or you want yourself to enter into the ministry, just begin to ask God. Yes, yeah. A lot of times we notice that there's a need or we notice there's a desire. There's something deep down and say, I really would love to have a ministry like that where I'm able to, I see all around me, I, I have uh, friends who are just wrecked with anxiety. I have people just wrecked with mental illness. And it seems like there is definitely demonic activity among this. I would love to be a friend that could bring healing to that. But you just have that thought and you notice it but you don't bring that noticing into a place of asking, asking, asking God and right. saying, God, okay, I'm noticing that. Now would you give that to me? Because he ties the promise in Luke 11 specifically to asking. Ask and you will find. Seek and you will find. Ask and it will be answered to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And how many doors are left unopened simply because we did not knock. Yes. And we simply needed to just knock. And, and Jesus says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly yes, Father give the Holy yes, Spirit yes, yes, yes. to those who ask him, to those who just ask? Mm-hmm. So would you just ask God, even, even Kelly, I'm sure she'd be comfortable with me sharing this, this year, she's had on her heart that God might be bringing, calling her into a ministry of healing, a ministry yes. of deliverance. And it's just, it's so simple. That's where it begins is the Lord putting that desire on your heart and then beginning just to, to ask. And for, for you who might think you need to get it perfect from the start, here Percy is saying after decades of this ministry, yes. one of the things that he almost always asks to those who are ministering is, 
hey, what did I miss in that? What what more do I need to know about yeah. how to minister to you? So exactly. the, the humility to come and, and just to, to say, I'm going to, I'm just going to follow the Lord here and he's going to lead me and you can also help me. That's, that's another thing too. I, I was surprised to hear that, but very encouraged how you said nearly all the people who you've ministered to, it's almost, they enter into the ministry with you. They, yes. once they see the beauty of it, they, they enter in yes. and, and almost uh, join with you in seeking deliverance in every way. You would be interested, uh, and your viewers would, listeners would be interested in this. Uh, I've been privileged to go to Israel 17 times. And I encourage all your listeners to put that on your bucket list that you really <laughs> want to go to Israel and uh, experience that. And that has been a, an amazing uh, gratification to ministers to some of the Israelis who are completely Jewish, but who love Jesus as Messiah and who have valued this ministry. And I've been privileged to minister on several of those trips to Israel to with Israelis to um, who are who are messianic or or that means they have asked Jesus to be savior, uh, but they're very Jewish and and so forth. And so that that's been a a, a great. And I've had a lady fly from Israel uh, over here just for this mm-hmm. ministry, and you 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 take that so seriously. She's flown all the way from Israel for this ministry, a Jewish lady uh, who loves Jesus. And mm. you just are so privileged that somebody would go to that effort to see freedom come to her life. It's just mm. gratifying. May the Lord multiply that oh, ministry. Amen. And, amen. and that's, that's what I want to ask uh, ask you about, Percy. Maybe yes. one more question, and then, sure. and then we'll, we'll wrap up with any final thoughts. Okay. But I, you and I... Uh, share a deep love for the city of Charlotte. And oh, we have, yes. We have a lot of listeners who yeah. aren't from Charlotte or in yeah, Charlotte or all certainly. around the country. Um, but part of this is about Charlotte, but it's also, I think, yes. about the church in general. I, I'm, I'm just... I see a great... I, I see a great need for this ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a, a, a great lack of... Mm-hmm. Um, of a an answer with the authority of Jesus to the affliction upon our generation, affliction of darkness, anxiety, depression, uh, like you said, self harm. And I, I guess my question for you, uh, speaking to the to our our city and yes, what you see. Yes, yes, again, yes. sorry, listeners, this is just for me mm-hmm. um, as I'm asking Percy. But you can also speak to listeners just broadly about the church in general. Like, what is what is the great need that you see, and um, and and how do you see the rising generation step into that need? I guess what what is the what's the call of the rising generation to 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 carry on this ministry? Yes, yeah. I'm at my age. I was privileged to see the mighty move, and the last mighty move. There've been moves of God in portions of the United States. Uh, but the last move of God that really was nationwide, coast to coast, was in the late 1960s and the early 1970s. And there were some spectacular moves of God. The, the uh, hippies became Jesus people, and and uh, the denominational churches, some of them, uh, became open to and responsive to the Holy Spirit. And 
and all kinds. I saw that, and and this ministry was one of the things that was uh, embraced by many people, not nearly enough, but many. I do believe we're going to see another mighty move of God, and and I do believe that this ministry will be a part of that mighty move of God. I, most of us who are in Charlotte, we're not born here. God brought us here, and I think he has brought us here. Uh, and I've t- told this to endless people because I think he is bringing people here for Charlotte to do a mighty work. I think we're going to see a, mm, yes. the greater Charlotte area, you know, the town surrounding Charlotte and so forth. I think we're going to see a huge and mighty move of God. Mm. Um, and I think that uh, this ministry is going to be needed because it's going to be a uh, on the forefront of what God is going to do. And some churches have uh, embraced this. Um, I think of one denominational church in Charlotte, and uh, they had the last year before coronavirus, they had a hundred, now these are all volunteers, they had 140 sessions with 70 different people and deliverance and inner healing were the two things that this group of people did. Uh, and there was something like a three-month waiting <laughs> list to even get to see these volunteers do it. I, uh, my wife and I leave uh, Charlotte uh, to go to another North Carolina city uh, to minister April 1st and 2nd uh, to denominational pastors in, in that particular area and to minister to 40 people on their ministry team, large church, 40 people on their ministry team to teach them how to do deliverance. And so there's encouraging signs like this that, uh, that people are waking up to the fact that uh, it was a major factor in particularly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts, and it is a major factor in our Lord's plan and purpose for today. For the Charlotte people, I think we're going to see just an incredible, whatever you want to call it, great yes. revival, a great move of God, a great coming to God, whatever. But I think we're going to see multitudes come to God, wonderfully filled with the Holy Spirit, wonderfully uh, on fire for the Lord. Amen. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, any final thoughts, Percy, yes. for, for listeners? Uh, first of all, I honor you for your courage, and, and I just encourage your listeners to uh, continue to follow this brother on this subject, but other subjects the Lord will show him. Uh, he is a voice speaking to all of us, wherever you might be. He's a voice speaking to us, uh, and I think a very much anointed voice great heart for the lord i encourage you to listen um would love to again 11 times i spoke seminary classes and i would say something like this after i maybe 25 people in there and there'd be questions and answers and and so forth and so on and then when i got to the end of the class i would say i'd like to show you deliverance and I said, now, if this offends one person in here, I will not do it. But if nobody complains, these are student professor and, you know, and students, uh, whatever the particular class would be. And, and so again and again, I've shown them deliverance. And what I'd like to do 
is just to show your uh, listeners, speak listeners to your listeners about deliverance and with the expectation that some of those peoples are going to be set free yes. from some things that would be bondages in their life. So with your permission, I'll just pray and, and then uh, listen to the Holy Spirit and, and call out things. Yes. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this awesome mm-hmm. privilege of serving my brother and serving, Lord, uh, these precious listeners. I yes, thank you for Lord. their disciplines to listen, uh, to weigh and measure and, and weigh truth spoken by the what Holy Scripture says. And, and Lord, all they can learn today, but in days gone by and days in the future, from this precious brother, Lord, bless, 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 we pray. And Lord, I just come together with my brothers and sisters who are listening. And what I tell groups of people, the first time I ever saw this ministry, of course, was in a group of 500 people with Derek Prince, July 20th, 1971. And um, in what I say to people, if I call something out, if that's you, agree with me and say that thing has to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's not you, momentarily become the intercessor. Pray for the other people mm-hmm. listening Amen. whom it may be their bondage. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Lord, I just break anything generational. We honor those who went before us, but also mm-hmm. in every family, the destructive things and spiritual bondages and spirits are passed down to us. And I just break anything generational that would trouble any of these uh, listeners. I take my authority in Christ, giving him the praise and glory and honor. And I just break anything generational that might be a hindrance to their lives. Now I just listen to you, Lord. And I come against a spirit of hopelessness. Uh, I believe in biblical hope. Mm. Uh, we have wishful thinking, and that's okay. We hope the Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl next year. May not win it, but we hope they will. But but biblical hope is, is a sure thing. Hallelujah. And we just come against that spirit of hopelessness that has bound mm. a number mm. of listeners, and we're commanding the mouth of two witnesses Joy and I commanded yes. to leave. Yes, Lord. Commanded to leave in the name of Christ. Those spirits breaking anything generationally, uh, Lord, letting any sins of the past be a burden. And uh, Lord, we are commanding hopelessness to leave. And Jesus, doing this ministry, once said, and never come back. And so, following Him as our example, we command that you leave this person. And pers- our persons and never come back. Yes. And we just speak the opposite. We speak biblical hope, hope. into their life, into yes. their life, into their life, into their life. Lord, we use fear as an example, but I'm just impressed with fear, and I command out fear. Yes. And the scripture says perfect love. That's God's kind of agape love. Mm-hmm. Perfect love cast Cast out out fear. fear. Command in God's love, appropriating God's Mm -hmm. love, command spirits of fear to leave. Mm -hmm. And we speak the opposite. Courage, boldness, confidence. Command 
fear, fear to leave in Jesus' name. And again, if that's you, you're agreeing. Maybe you would even speak out loud if it's appropriate where you are. <laughs> fear, leave me. Yes. Leave me. I agree with Percy. I agree with Joey. Joel. Joey, that there's fear, oh, leave me. And we just come together almost as if the three of us are sitting in a room and we're saying, leave, leave. Yes. In the name of Christ, leave fear, fear, fear. We command you to leave. I come against the spirit of suicide. Uh, Satan has been described as a murderer. And uh, he would like to shorten your life, which could be so effective for the kingdom. And so we break anything yes. from family lines, mm. anything from professors and universities, anything you've heard that would mm. would put the thought on your mind that I can uh, captain of my faith mm. kind of thing. No, you only God has the right to call you into eternity and his timing. Mm. And so we command uh, that spirit of, that would want to make you hurt yourself, to make you want to cut yourself, to make you want to take your life. We, in authority and power, Jesus command that mm. to leave. We say, leave him, leave her, leave them, leave, leave, leave. In the name of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, and, and joy. I just agree together with the authority and power yes. of Christ. Amen. You must leave. You Amen. Must leave. I come against spirits of anger, spirits of anger. They said, the word of God says, the anger of mankind doesn't work the righteousness of God. The scripture says, don't go to bed angry towards somebody. The scripture says, avoid the angry person in the book of Proverbs. We command out anger. Yes. Command out. And we just speak the opposite. Fruits of the Spirit. Uh, love, love, joy, yes. peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, good report. We just speak the opposite, commanding Hallelujah. out anger. anger, anger. Uh, one Christian writer said that anger is the key to the, the causes depression. I think there are other keys, but uh, anger is one of them. And so when I run into the spirit of anger, I usually expect the spirit of depression. I command out spirits of depression. The Word of God says rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. The Word of God says this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And, uh, Lord, so many passages on joy in Scripture and most of us have not enjoyed this journey as much as God wanted us to. I command yes, out spirits of depression. Spirits of depression, I command you out in the name of Christ. Command you out. Command you out in the name of Jesus. And so we just pray, speak the opposite. We speak um, the joy of the Lord, contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness will get us to heaven. Godliness with contentment will make the journey more enjoyable and more effective in the lives of others. We just speak all of this in the name of Christ. In the name of Christ. In the name of Christ. In the name of Christ.
Christ, Lord, just fill the overflow with your Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, you spoke through time and space and healed the centurion's servant. can speak through time and space and set the captives free. And we're going to pause right now and for our listeners. And this is an introduction. What else may need to leave, be cast out of you? And so as you ponder that, I just want to agree with you. Joy will just agree with you that whatever that spirit or spirits is or we just command that thing to leave you. We order it out of you and we say that Jesus Christ reigns, Lord of lords, King of kings, very God of very God in his authority and power. But we command that spirit to leave you and never come back. Never come back. Never come back. And as you walk this out, draw strength from the Lord. If it's fear, make it a matter of prayer and and resolve and, and whatever. Whatever you need where these spirits have troubled you, um, draw strength from the Lord and be victorious in these areas. And... Uh, the Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you. I'm going to call on Joy to have our closing prayer and any comments he wants to make, and then we'll, he'll close us out in prayer. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus really does have victory. He has overcoming power for those who come to him sick and needy. Yes. And... This episode, I hope, has served as a, a resource, a help for those who are uh, interested in, in diving into this, needing to dive into this. We've also mentioned Percy's book, Glorious Freedom. I'd really encourage you to pick it up. It's full of, of helpful instruction, helpful guidance for those who long for deliverance, long to step into the ministry of deliverance. And all that is really helpful. The, the reading of the book um, listening to the podcast, that's why we're doing it, is because because we believe that there's uh, there's benefit and instruction in this. But also, I love how how Percy just ended by showing by showing because the kingdom of God, the Scripture says, does not consist in talk, but in power. Yes, the kingdom of God consists in power, yes. and so I just want to challenge you before I pray in closing challenge you to, yes, pick up the book and read and listen to this podcast. But God's going to have you to do something. God's going to have you to do something. And would you take that step of faith toward a ministry of deliverance in his name yes. and, and find in that step of faith that his power will meet you there. Lord Jesus, we pray that you do that. May your people, your sons and daughters, experience the promise that you gave, Lord Jesus, to your people, that they would cast out demons yes. in your name. Yes. God, would we experience a promise? I pray that this generation, God rising, would be one that abounds in this fruit, not for our glory, not to us, not to us. But God, you you hear us. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Yes. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And so for your glory, God, for your glory and for your name, would you show your overcoming victory to all the nations through the casting out of demons, through the triumphing over every work of darkness? And I pray that this episode even would, would serve God. I've, 
have great expectation because we've been talking about a mighty savior. And so I have great expectation for this episode because this episode has been about King Jesus. And so I pray through this even teaching, God, would you multiply your servants who are clothed with power to cast out demons in the name of Jesus? And would the world know through your overcoming victory that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is King. He is King here and now. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. God, I pray that you would perform this work. God, that what Percy expressed as a longing, God, I pray that you fulfill it, that you'd bring a great work of your Holy Spirit, a work of deliverance, a work of sanctification, of conviction of sin, a work that makes your people holy, a work that makes the darkness flee and spreads the light of Christ so that, God, so that the name of Jesus may be exalted before our eyes. May we see it, God. May we see it come, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.